Blade Runner, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, Tron, Conan the Barbarian, Poltergeist, John Carpenter's The Thing, and Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. And what do all these movies have in common? Well, you know, they all came out in 1982. And for the past four decades, we've been watching these movies over and over again. But as we are about to discover, watching them was only the beginning. My name is Scott Nance, and I'm a film critic or as I like to call it, a film enthusiast. I'm a fan, and I am so excited to announce the start of a campaign so we can start filming a documentary called 1982 Greatest Geek Gear Ever. We're going to be bringing you an in-depth, fascinating, and totally gonzo look at the greatest geek gear ever. 1982. We're going to be traveling the globe, interviewing the stars, the filmmakers, and the super fans. So support us and help us by going to our Indiegogo campaign. And as an incentive, I hope you'll check out some of the great backers rewards so you can help us get to the finish line and we can all party like it's 1982. For more on 1982 Greatest Geek Year Ever, visit 1982movies.com or check us out on social at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller. And Steven Scarlatta. Where we explore some of the greatest movies never made, like E.T. 2. Johnny Quest. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And Halloween 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs> This is Mark A. Altman, and this is the 430 movie. And welcome to Do You Feel Lucky Punk Week? Do you feel lucky? Did I fire? Did I did I nominate five films or only four? I don't know. Oh man, I was gonna say that when you introduced me. Now I have to I'm, think of something you'd else. You'd be using all the lines. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, but I'm gonna I'll, I'll go to you last. How about that? I, I, no, I that's you Schwarzenegger. Last. So I'm going to start, I'm going to mix things up like crazy. On Wednesday, it's Ashley Edward Miller. Hold on. It says, uh, you're shit out of luck. <laughs> wow. You're like, you know, Kurt it's Russell Wednesday, doing Clint Eastwood. <laughs> there you go. Well, you don't want to see that. On Tuesday, <laughs> it's Darren's Ackerman. You know, I don't know which direction I'm going, but I'm just going to do any which way I can. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going east by Eastwood Week? Uh, <laughs> okay, so, uh, and then finally, that brings us to Monday, to Mr. Steve Melching. Mark, we all got it coming. <laughs> I liked your original line better. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god in case you haven't guessed yet not only are we doing a week of clint eastwood movies but this is the season finale of season four of the thor four of the oh, 430, 430 movie. movie of the of the thor movie <laughs> the thor of the movie he sells she sells by the seashore I'm Kevin Klein in a fish called Cook Wanda. So uh, <laughs> look, it's M M Mark. He's gonna. 
kill me? Okay, so anyway, so this is the season finale. But here's the good news. We've already been renewed for a fifth season. Have we? So oh, thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back. We'll be back. I didn't we'll I didn't back. want to stop paying off my summer home. We'll be we'll be back at the end of October, the end of October with all an all new fifth season. Wow. And here's the rub. What's the rub? Here's the rub. Are, Are you ready? What? Should we spoil it for people? Guess mm -hmm. what? What? We're it's a tabula rasa. We're we're um we're wiping the slate clean. Every movie is now eligible for all new theme weeks on the fourth or passing the savings on to you. <laughs> no, this will be the last time that movies previously picked on the podcast are not eligible. Now Until there are a few we get to the second episode of the fifth season, in right. which case the movies picked for the first week are no longer eligible. You are absolutely correct on Tuesday. So, um, <laughs> So, so um, there are a couple of movies uh, that aren't eligible, and I, I, I obviously Unforgiven was was picked before for Western Week. Um, Steve, can you tell us what other movies of Clint Eastwood's oeuvre are not eligible this week? Yeah, well, there's a lot of really great ones. Uh, it, it's tough. I had to dig a little deeper this week because we've already selected, I believe, Ashley selected for a few dollars more. Mm -hmm. For Western Week, and I selected uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, you mentioned Unforgiven. Uh, Ashley also picked Kelly's Heroes, yep. uh, I believe. And uh, what else? Uh, and I think Where Eagles Dare was picked for um, oh, one of Oh, maybe. And I know I picked The Gauntlet weeks. for Vegas Week. Oh, yeah. you, you did, you did. You recently picked The Gauntlet the for week. Vegas yeah. Week. Um, no danger of that showing up today anyway. But... Uh, <laughs> But, but uh, so there are a bunch of movies that have been picked. But the amazing thing is, given the huge career of Clint Eastwood, so many great movies that have been picked. And, you know, you may say, why Clint Eastwood? Well, uh, just this month, he kind of announced his retirement. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, what do you make of that, that announcement, guys, Steve? I didn't realize he had made an announcement. I just saw that he had the new movie coming out. Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, oh, God. Macho. Crimers, crime art, yeah. Uh, the yeah. trailer looked cool. I mean, I'm I'm in, but I, I didn't I didn't realize they'd made an announcement regarding uh, uh, Ashley's mantra: "Cry macho." Uh, cry macho. I was surprised to see all the village people in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> it was a reunion tour. I, look, if Clint wants to announce his retirement, then by God, that man is allowed to announce his retirement. He is a machine. Uh, but he. He didn't exactly announce his retirement. He said something about there comes a time to leave the stage gracefully, um, which which everyone interpreted as meaning he was retiring, but he didn't quite say that. So I don't know if, if he's saying no. he's not going to be on camera, but he might still direct, or if he's retired. I, I don't. I don't know. You don't know. We, nobody we, knows. We don't. Well, I mean, good Lord. I mean, nobody is he, knows. Is he 91? Yeah. 91. Yeah, but meanwhile, you know, Shatner could direct eight movies in a week, and he's ninety. <laughs> so I, you know, but yeah, I, I mean, look, as you said, he's had an incredible career. Steve will tell us a little bit more about it. I mean, it goes back to uh, Revenge of the Creature, doesn't it? I mean, that was his <laughs> well, first, and, you know, in Tarantula, where he was uncredited as a jet fighter pilot uh, attacking the giant tarantula menacing the American Southwest. Yeah. 
It, I mean, the, the guy's done everything from giant monster movies to westerns to thrillers to, I mean, yeah, he, he's an icon of not only acting, but directing. But he became famous on television right? Yep. for the TV series Rawhide at a time where few people made the jump from television to movies. It was very bifurcated. If you were a TV star, you were a TV star. You're a movie star, you're a movie star. You know, uh, you're a lot of people. Jeff Hunter or William Shatner. <laughs> or, Rick, or Rick Dalton. Yep. So uh, you didn't quite make the jump. So, Rick uh, Dalton's not real. <laughs> but uh but Clint Eastwood uh you know and not only not only Clint Eastwood make the jump from actor to movie star, TV actor to movie star, but also to an Academy Award winning director. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by all accounts, and mayor of Carmel. That's right. <laughs> yes. He's done a lot yeah, of jobs. He's gonna be mayor. <laughs> <laughs> And, and by all accounts, uh, by all accounts, a delight to work with uh, anyone yeah. who's been on his crew or actors who worked with him, because he's quick, he's on time, he doesn't mess around, he expects everybody to do their jobs. But he, he, he you know, he's the anti-Kubrick in a sense. He'll do like two takes and then move on. And I if mean, he does that many, there's a, a great story, and I'm trying to remember. It was something Troy Baker told us. I can't remember who the who the actor was, but was talking about being on a film with him. Uh, the cast was there. They were going through rehearsal, uh, and uh, and cameras were rolling on rehearsal. And uh, Clint was like, "Okay, you know, cut, you know, moving on." And the and the actor was like, "But but that was rehearsal." And Clint says, "Well, is there something you would have done differently?" Uh, no. Okay. And they just moved on. <laughs> yeah, I heard a story like. After take one, the actor is like, well, don't you want to go again? He's like, why? It was good. You want to just waste everyone's time? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. You all sound like Brett Goldstein and Ted Lasso. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, okay. So, uh, we're going to do a week of Clint Eastwood. It is the fourth season finale of the 430 movie. Um, and, of course... Uh, I want to remind uh, you, Cartoon Barroom will be back next month to fill the gap, the void, the gaping hole in your life. Um, so you want to check out Ashley and Steve's uh, animation podcast on the Electric Now channel. Nobody as well fills as- a gaping hole like we do. <laughs> wow! Did I say did I say that wrong? Is that what? Is that not the the tagline? And, no. I, and I'm I'm excited to announce also that. In, I'm going to just leap right over that. Inglorious, uh, Inglorious Trek, uh, Inglorious Trek Sports, uh, will be entering its fourth season um, next uh, next month, uh, w- w- which is very exciting. And uh, we have a new Trek expert on the on the dais. Of course, yeah. that I'm referring to none other than Ashley Miller, who is officially knighted as a real boy, <laughs> as a real Trek expert, at in, in the Vegas uh, Las Vegas Star Trek Comic Con. He was presented with an authentic. Certificate. I, I validated the signatures myself, and uh, he is now um, a real Trexpert. No longer a guest. He's no longer Jonathan Harris. He is. Uh, <laughs> well, he's still Jonathan Harris. <laughs> he's, he's more like oh, a George Takei or Walter. Oh, he's more now, machine now than man. Twisted. Right. Well, it was dark. We were drunk. Things happened, uh, and uh, you know, there you go. Live long and prosper. Uh, I don't think that's true. 
<laughs> I know it wasn't true. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, and uh, you know, Steve, we we missed you in Vegas. So hopefully, when there's a a movie convention, uh, we can all go. I mean, I'm so excited because, of course, Steve is leaving for the Telluride Film Festival uh, this week, and uh, it's really one of the most remarkable films festivals because it, it celebrates the art of cinema. You know, it's less about um, uh, about uh, prognostication of awards and about well, the you know, stars. There's no, there's no paparazzi there. There's no deal making happening. It's just a celebration of world cinema, and it's it's gotten more mainstream in recent years. They've they've happened to program the films that won Best Picture every year for like the last eight or 10 years. Yeah. But it's a great mix of uh, really great, uh, wonderful independent films, some smaller studio films, foreign films, classics. One of my favorites is the silent film. They'll usually show a restored silent film with the live musical accompaniment. Although this year it won't be by the Alloy Orchestra because yeah, they, they have broke disbanded. Up. They're like the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Lennon McCartney went their separate ways. So now they've broken down into their uh, essential metals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unalloyed. You but could say that they, they've gone silent. <laughs> but all the all the filmmakers always attend and the, the, the stars and uh, they're, they're just hanging around town. And Mark and I have many memories of seeing you know Wonderful George memories. Clooney at the at the bar at the you know the hotel in downtown or or Peter Peter O'Toole riding a bicycle down Main Street or and uh, and swerving out of the way of uh, two people coming the other way and then crashing and dying <laughs> oh no wait no, that, that was Lawrence of Arabia <laughs> <laughs> or encountering Stellan Sarsgaard in a dark alley which oh. I don't recommend no especially if you're a super shark <laughs> Actually, he was uh, possessed by the. Uh, never mind. I was going to make a Marvel joke. But hey, I believe but, okay. Clint Eastwood was an honoree at the Telluride Film Festival. Oh, one he, of, he one most of their certainly was. Winners. Yeah. How could he not be? Yeah. Ooh, a lot, a lot of great people have been honored in the history of Telluride. Some not great people. Um, but you know, always a special place in my heart. I met my wife at Telluride. Uh, it was a fantastic fe festival. That's a song. Um, and uh, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, okay. So um, we'll but we'll be talking more about Telluride in a special episode after Labor Day, where Steve will fill us in on what he's seen at the Telluride Film Festival, which is guaranteed to be a highly rated episode of the Four Thirty Movie. But I think it's going to be very interesting. We hope you'll tune in. So that'll be a special bonus episode coming in September, where Steve tells us about his trip to the Telluride. Let's talk Film about Festival. the bonus situation. <laughs> <laughs> Deserve full shares. <laughs> well, one day I, I would like to go back to tell you right, but right now we're going to talk about Eastwood. We're heading east, Clint Eastwood, and uh, as always, we start on Monday with Steve Melching with his pick for Clint Eastwood movie on Monday. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna ease into Monday with a film that is. Uh, that I thought was terrific when it came out, and uh, it, it got some attention when it came out, but it's, it's kind of, uh, it's not one that people talk about a, a lot of, in Clint Eastwood's career. And it's a film that he uh, initially was just going to direct, but uh, the star of the film, uh, 
convinced him to play one of the lead supporting roles uh, in the film. And it's a, it's a movie from 1993 that was named the Calle du Cinema's best film of that year. And it stars uh, Kevin Costner. It's A Perfect World. Mm. Me and you got a lot in common, Philip. Both of us is handsome devils. We both like RC Cola. And neither one of us got an old man worth a damn. Eight-year-old Philip Perry has just been taken hostage. Are you gonna shoot me? Oh, yeah. Go. By the most dangerous man in West Texas. Put the gun down, old-timer. Couldn't hit me anyway. Probably shoot the boy. Get in the car, Philip. This could be Jump. his lucky day. Complicating law enforcement attempts to apprehend him, Haynes is believed to have an eight-year-old boy with him as hostage. This is not a penal escape situation. This happens to be a manhunt. You know, Philip, you have an American right to eat cotton candy, ride roller coasters. Woo! You got a phone? No. You go inside, lie down till we're gone. I told that judge to send them up. I told him it was the right thing to do. Kevin Costner. You're not bad, are you, Butch? Oh, yeah. Clint Eastwood. At least now we know who's in charge. In a new film by Academy Award-winning director, Clint Eastwood. You ever ridden in a time machine before? Out there? That's the future. And back there? Well, that's the past. This is the present, Philip. Enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> A perfect world. Uh, yeah. Directed directed by Clint Eastwood, written by John Lee Hancock, who also wrote uh, some of uh, Clint Eastwood's other movies like Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Uh, he also wrote The Blind Side, uh, The Rookie, uh, and The Founder. Uh, and uh, it's, it, uh, the DP was Jack N. Green, who's also done uh, a frequent uh, Clint Eastwood collaborator behind the camera. Produced by Mark Johnson, who's produced everything. And, and David Valdez, <laughs> who was uh, Clint Eastwood's uh, producer at, at uh, Malpeso, I believe. Uh, starred Kevin Costner, uh, and Clint Eastwood, Laura Dern, uh, and Bradley Whitford, who I, when I'd seen the film, I hadn't seen The West Wing yet, so it was weird to see Josh Lyman playing this uh, really uh, nasty FBI sharpshooter. Um, and uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, and I'm assuming that's probably a lot of you, uh, it's the story of a, uh, a uh, Kevin Costner plays a, a convict in a Texas jail who uh, escapes uh, with uh, his cellmate. And uh, they go on the run in Texas and take an eight-year-old boy hostage, uh, played by T.J. Lowther. And uh, this boy is a uh, Jehovah's Witness. His, his family is Jehovah's Witnesses. So he's never been able to experience a lot of the normal, sort of normal childhood things. Like uh, as the film opens, it's Halloween. And the, and the boy and his family are, are and his, his siblings are not allowed to go trick-or-treating. They have to stay in the house. And they're the weird family that has the lights off. Um, so uh, Costner and his uh, and his henchmen take this this boy hostage and, and uh, go on the run. And uh, Clint Eastwood plays the uh, Texas Ranger who is tasked with uh, tracking these desperados down. 
with the aid of Laura Dern, who plays a uh, criminologist. Who it really feels like uh, it's sort of a a, a, a uh, Jodie Foster, Silence of the Lambs type character with the, the young uh, female uh, expert on on criminology uh, going along to help uh, sort of profile these criminals and, and figure out where they're going to go. And then Bradley Whitford is the FBI agent who's sent along with them ostensibly to, to take them out. Uh, it was filmed all on location across Texas. And uh, it's, I, I always really like this movie because the characters, there's a lot of ambiguity in the characters and there's a lot of interesting connections between Clint Eastwood's character and, and Kevin Costner's character and, um, and the and the really special relationship that develops between Coster and the boy, who uh, Coster allows this boy to experience a lot of the things he hasn't been allowed to experience, and and given permission to to, to be a kid. Um, and uh, you know, it's funny, it's suspenseful, uh, occasionally heartwarming without being sentimental. And I just think it's a really solid little movie. I agree. That's a, I think that's a really good pick. Um, I think that was uh, the, the follow-up, his, his follow-on to, uh, to Unforgiven. Yeah. Um, and I remember going to see it, you know, with that lens in mind to sort of see how, you know, how much of, you know, what Eastwood had become through Unforgiven kind of found its way into a perfect world. And I, th- I think you can definitely see that, you know, a perfect world is kind of, it's another Western, right? It's like mm-hmm. he is still in a mode where he is, he is trying to reinvent the Western, which I think is something that he he does a lot in his career as a director. He keeps coming back to that uh, in different ways, sometimes um, incredibly successfully, sometimes less successfully. But I thought that a perfect world was was really good. It was like you said, it was like it was it was surprisingly affecting um, and the tension was good. And look, you know, when when Costner is properly channeled, He's great, and he's great in that movie. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't try and predict what you were going to pick, Steve, because I would have been very wrong. I, I, yeah, that's, I, I was, that's I, one out of, the, out of the park. Yeah, yeah, good choice, but I, it's not what I expected you to pick. So uh, <laughs> I'll tell you on Friday if nobody's picked it what I thought your, your pick was going to be. But I don't think anyone is going to pick it, but I, I don't want to be presumptuous, so I'll wait and, and, and say what I think. Are you going to stereotype be. me and say I was going to pick Space Cowboys? Uh, I Probably. did not think you were going to pick Space Cowboys. <laughs> but somebody I did might. not think any. Ugh. Okay. Might. Did I say I was going to? No, I didn't. But I did say <laughs> somebody might. <laughs> which, uh, which is a great way to start the week on Monday. <laughs> uh, the pick is, is um, a Perfect World. And that takes us to Tuesday and Darren R. Dockerman. Well, Tuesday uh, brings us to the, uh, to the world of... Uh, it's, it's something that was very big in the 60s and 70s, um, but it's not so anymore, I think. Uh, it's the world of radio. And in 1971, Clint Eastwood directed a film that is a uh, pretty much equal parts of uh, Fatal Attraction and Misery. Uh, and it is called uh, Play Misty for Me. Play Misty for Me. For Clint Eastwood, an invitation to terror. You ever find yourself being completely smothered by somebody? There's no escape in passion. (laughs) 
escape in speed. There's no escape from terror. You will change the locks, huh? Nobody asked you to wait for it. You're not jumping me, Buster Blue Eyes! Get off my back, Evelyn! The most terrifying words you'll ever hear. Play Misty for me. The screen's most frightening plunge into terror. Have to get you all nice for David. I hope he likes what he sees when he walks in here. Because that's what he's taking to hell with him. Just hope we're lucky enough to grab her the next time she tries it. Tries what? To kill you. The next scream you hear will be your own. Um, Clint Eastwood plays this radio DJ who uh, does this uh, nighttime uh, record spin and show. Records are, uh, well, you know what records are. Um, they're vinyl. Remember vinyl? Uh, and, uh, the kids know all about vinyl. That's The, the kids rage. know about vinyl now. They yeah. don't know about cassettes or reel to reel, but that's next month. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, it's this really scary movie. Um, you, you know, the, the setup doesn't really prepare you for that, but it is. Uh, he uh, begins taking calls from this listener who makes requests and, and uh, starts uh, edging the conversation into uh, a little more personal area and uh, some uh, flirtation, let's say. And uh, it turns into something uh, extremely horrible. Uh, this fan is... Uh, what we would call uh, in the vernacular a nut job, and uh, she super fan. She's a super fan. Um, she was and, at the Star Trek Las Vegas last week. That's right. Yeah. Uh, she she obsesses about him and tracks him down and uh, uh, begins to uh, do uh, horrible things to his life. Uh, and it's really creepy. It's really scary, and it's a lot of fun. And you know the. The early 70s weren't a lot of fun for anybody, but uh, this was, uh, I mean, Jessica Walter, who we all know from various things, uh, specifically uh, uh, Sequest. No. ESV. <laughs> <laughs> um, she plays the fan, and she's amazing. And she's always amazing. She was great in Arrested Development. What a loss sure. this year. Absolutely. It's so sad uh, because she is just, uh, she was a national treasure, uh, Jessica Walter. But it's it's also it's fun to see Clint Eastwood, this big tough guy, in serious peril, and it's uh, it's hilarious <laughs> in that in that aspect. But uh, uh, I think it's uh, it's really surprising. It's a really surprising movie, and uh, it's uh, uh, well, it's not expected the same as surprising. I think it's a little different, but uh, it's uh, it sure is fun to watch, and it's one of his uh, you know early directorial efforts but it's uh, i it's think hard. it's his first I think film, it's, his first. It? it's his yep. first film yeah. it's his first film yeah uh, but well, not his last there is some talk that he contributed to directing a couple of the spaghetti westerns maybe so so yeah but uh, this is his first credited his first credited yeah. yes absolutely. absolutely and it is great i actually had it pegged as mark's pick ah uh -huh. did you yep you'd be wrong <laughs> yeah but now i have like my second pick <laughs> for your pick but I'm not going to say what it is. But you know what? It's not space cowboys. <laughs> Very few uh, movies are space cowboys. So few. 
so it's a, it's a great I, you know i don't like space cowboys but shatner isn't in it so uh mr uh mr doctorman that that's uh that was a great pick and and now we move on to wednesday and wednesday. ashley edward miller odin's day so wednesday. brace yourself this is brace why they're installing seatbelts in theaters this summer to keep the audience from leaving uh yeah you know go ahead guys make my wednesday uh there is only one way to introduce wednesday three little words that mean so much to me and so much to america uh, words that began a genre that I really think require a, uh, a resurgence, a reinvention um, in American cinema. And those words are right turn, Clyde. Uh, <laughs> the pick for Wednesday is Eastwood's first foray into action comedy, uh, Every Which Way But Loose. Oh, raining again. You want to do something this evening? Of course. Not, well, not this evening. It's raining now. I want to get out now. How about taking in a new movie? Okay. What'd you have in mind? Hey, babe, what do you think of Clint Eastwood? Oh, I think of him a lot. <laughs> this squirrel's ripping off peanuts. Ain't you, squirrel? <laughs> Can you imagine Clint Eastwood punching out a wise guy or laying out a bunch of guys who get out of line? Well, of course I can. Can you picture him falling hard for a sweet young thing who's got her eye on him? Oh, sure, that's easy. How about him fighting for money? Well, uh, yeah, I guess so. Can you see him allowing a woman to beat up on him? Oh, now you're putting me on. In my thoughts, you're always with me. Well, what do you think of Clint Eastwood confiding his deepest, darkest secrets to an orangutan? It comes to sharing my feelings with a woman. My stomach just turns to royal gelatin. Well, what do you think now? Now you're really kidding me. It's no joke. It's Eastwood like you've never seen him before. In a new film called... Every which way but loose you turn me. Every which way but loose. Inside the fire's burning me. In my mind you just keep turning me. There can't be too many guys driving around this valley with an ape. Every which way but loose. Baby, there's no excuse. Hey, you like to fight? Oh, I used to. Better than anything. Well, almost to. Inside the fire's burning me. In my mind, you just keep turning me. Oh, stop that, you baboon. No respect, no privacy. Every which way for you. Every which way you look, there's action, adventure, and fun. Clint Eastwood will turn you... Nineteen seventy-eight, directed by James Fargo, co-starring Sandra Locke, who basically played a psychotic in almost every movie that she was in with Clint Eastwood, um, and then she became involved with him and played a psychotic. Uh, so it's 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 kind of life imitating art. Um, look. I'm not going to tell you that I think this is a great film, but I will tell you that I think that it's great fun. First of all, I think the world needs more movies about truckers whose best friends are monkeys. Okay. <laughs> um, secondly, I think there is. Technically, he's an ape. 
technically that's an ape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But monkey's <laughs> a more fun word, isn't it? It's a more fun word. It just rolls off the tongue. Ape doesn't. Ape just sort of sits there in your face. It's just, it's not as good. So did Clyde. Um, so does Clyde. He sits on your face. Look, this movie is insane, man. But I'll tell you what I love about it. Number one, like I remember this movie on the ABC Sunday night movie and sure. watching it with my dad. And that was just the best, man, because I loved that there were all those crazy bikers who had the worst patches in the world. Um, and uh, I loved that all of the bare knuckle fighting, which I think weirdly kind of percolated into my love for that kind of violence in movies, period. That and real life. That is, and real life. Because God knows, when we were in Vegas, all those fist fights that I got into, those right. were crazy, you guys. Remember, Mark, when I punched out the lady who hit you with the scooter? That was I awesome. wish you had. Uh, me too. Because that would have been My legs still hurts, man. <laughs> I'm look, still limping. There are just this this movie. I don't know that I would say that it has a plot, but to the extent that it does, Clint Eastwood meets Sandra Locke. She is a um, a would be up and coming amateur country western singer. There's a lot of country music uh, in this movie, so if that's not your jam, uh, you know it's, uh, it's uh, not. It's it's not Mark's jam, um, but you know it's it's uh, you know, just a little bit. It's a pretty warning country, right there. She's the best country singer this side of Learn Lean. Damn right. Uh, and um, the thing is, you know, uh, Philo Beto, our hero, kind of falls in love with her, thinks she's kind of a damsel in distress because there's Scotty the shotgun, uh, who she used to date. He comes after her and him with a shotgun, but he's not a very good shot. Uh, and then, you know, one night, like, she and her hamper up and disappear, and he's a little bit concerned about her because he's in love, and he and his brother go on a journey from, uh, from L.A., from, like, basically Sherman Oaks. Uh, out to freaking Denver, Colorado, you know, to, to find her. And they take Clyde, and along the way, his brother and Clyde, they find love. There are just together? insane things together. There are insane <laughs> things that happen in this movie. Honestly, I think my favorite is when his mom is, uh, is sitting on her porch. Some bikers show up. They're looking for him. They're pissed off because, like, he keeps running over their bikes or stealing them and, like, and screwing them up or punching them in the face. Uh, and they pull a support pillar out of her front porch. And she's sitting there on her front porch with a shotgun, and she starts blowing up motorcycles. And the uh, bikers are just scattering. It's fantastic. An old lady fights a biker gang, and it's, shall I say it, in a movie with an ape bananas there's a scene where they decide that clyde really quote needs to get laid so they take him to the albuquerque city zoo and now and clyde wanders they just do a long time come down a corridor clyde finds a door he opens the door there's an orangutan behind the door clyde turns to camera and goes ook, ook, and he closes the door it's Fantastic! You can't help but love this movie uh, and just revel Roddy in the insanity of it. Not exactly. I want to see Clint Eastwood in a, in a goddamn Planet of the Apes movie. That's what I want to see. And look, everybody told Clint, "Don't do this movie." It came to him because somebody was trying to get it to Burt Reynolds, but Clint was like, "It looked like something for him." Everybody told him, "Like, don't do it. It'll destroy your career. It'll be the end of you." And it was a box office monstrosity uh, leading to a uh, to a sequel any which way you can. And who the hell knows what that's about except there's a monkey and there's more punching. 
Right. How bad can it be? And of course, be? it led to the TV show BJ and the Bear. Yes, it did. <laughs> and the mighty Sheriff Lobo, who had his own spinoff. Right? I mean, come on, Misadver people. Misadventures of Sheriff Lobo. Damn right it was. Absolutely. This was a cultural watershed. And I think the reason why Clint did it, and what I what I love about this movie in the in the Clint Eastwood oeuvre is look, Kenny, Kelly's Heroes is very funny. Um, and you know, Clint is the is the straight man, right? Like Clint is Clint doesn't know that he's in a that he's in a comedy. And it's just, there's just something about it, right? It's like a Brian G. Hutton joint and it's basically the Where Eagles Dare guy and, and it's awesome. But this is something different. This is a completely different side of Clint that I think audiences hadn't seen. So oddly, I think it was important for his career uh, because it kind of took that man with no name and made him a little more accessible. And it gave him a funny name. It gave him a funny name. <laughs> and it gave him a monkey. A monkey who needed to get laid and a mom with a shotgun. Well, right? And a whole a whole new generation of young fans. Damn right it did. Damn right it did. Uh yeah. So Wednesday it gets it's my 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 full-throated endorsement of no no, no, uh every which way but loose. Which my I gotta case, tell you. Okay. I have been so entertained during this segment watching the myriad expressions passing over Altman's face, <laughs> the grimaces, the eye rolling. It's absolutely hilarious. It's delicious. That's why you need to download the Electric Now app. <laughs> the 12 levels of disgust. <laughs> First, admit your powerlessness before your disgust. Listen, we did a dopey week. Called Monkey Business Week, right? And I could have okay. picked that. You had, no. you had your opportunity for frivolous, dopey movies. But instead, when we have all these great movies, things that he's nominated for Academy Awards, directing, um, um, brilliant performances, uh, incredible, iconic westerns, you pick a dopey monkey movie. Is, is there a sign over my head that says Tuesday? There's Does it say no. Monday? No, but the sign over my head says Wednesday. If there's ever going to be a day for a dopey monkey movie in Clint Eastwood week, it's going to be Wednesday. Wow. It's Wednesday. Wow. It must be Wednesday. Because Ashley goes every which way but loose on Wednesday. Oh, damn right. Oh, man. Philo Beto, what a name. <laughs> I, I'm so Mark depressed. quit. He Mark just quit the podcast. No, no. I, look, <laughs> Luckily, it's the last episode of the season. It's a cliffhanger. In the fifth season, Mark Altman will be played by an orangutan. <laughs> <laughs> to steal to steal a phrase from from uh, someone on this podcast. Here's the thing. My job is to tie everything in a nice, neat bow on Thursday to, to sort of so balance better. to balance the week, you know. And you made that so much more difficult. Steve, you know, picked a good directorial effort, you know, very credible movie for Monday. You know, a little underseen gem, excellent, right? Okay, fantastic choice by Darren for Tuesday. Uh, you know, Clint Eastwood's directorial debut. Oh, Jessica Walter passed away this year. Uh, another underseen great thriller that was uh, inspiration for many movies to come. Okay, great. So we're, we're cranking now. We had two very <laughs> solid picks, but we hadn't hit the Westerns and we hadn't 
hit the role that made him most famous. Then you come up with the monkey movie and it throws everything off. Because I'm like, you know, am I going to go with the movie franchise that made him uh, famous in the 70s for a whole different thing? Or am I going to go with the Western? No, you know, so it's like, is it Dirty Harry? Is it for a few dollars more? Is it High Plains Drifter? I had, you know, I had three films to, uh, you know, figure it out. But then you mess up the whole system. The it whole, whole court is out of order. It was, at this <laughs> point, it was at this point in the podcast where Mark became Gary Marshall. <laughs> not, not even, <laughs> look, and, and that's not even to speak of like in the line of fire, like a solid work for hire movie directed by someone else where he comes in and is just great in a role like, you know, in the line of fire, you know, uh, for Wolfgang Peterson. But no, that has no place on this week because we have two spots left. There are two lights, two, 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 two spots. And now, you know how do we gall you the most when this episode comes out? And the the most excited feedback we get for any of the picks is going to be for every which way but lose. That's not good. You know, it's not going to call me. That, that, you know why that's not going to call me? Because I'm going to say that's a bunch of rednecks. I'm not going to care. So uh, you know, a bunch of unvaccinated rednecks. But uh, so anyway, the point being, what oh, I, 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 I like, I, it's okay to have grown up and loved those movies as a kid. There's nothing wrong with it, you know. I, but to pick when we're curating a great week, the, the the elegy for an amazing career, we're we're wrapping it up in a bow. We're trying to honor this great filmmaker and artist, and we're going to do that with the monkey movie. And it was one of his most popular movies. Not, that's ever. right. Mo one ever, of his ever. most popular movies, but Love not it. one of his best. One of his most popular. And as we know, box office appeal doesn't necessarily correspond with quality. But a movie right? that absolutely would have been on the 430 movie back in the day. 100%. You could say that. That, that, <laughs> I, I, that, is, that is a viable argument you're, to pursue. You're forgetting the premise of the show. I won't, I won't, no, I'm not, because I'm in a really <laughs> shitty position, because Ashley's put me in a really shitty position right now. No, I you gotta, weren't going to pick that. There's no way you were going to pick that. No, I mean, look, I had to decide between the Western and and and, and Dirty Harry, because look, oh. that, that the Dirty Harry franchise is a law of diminishing returns. Dirty Harry is great, mm -hmm. okay? You know, the Enforcer and Magnum, Magnum Force are okay. The sudden impact, other than the scene that everybody remembers, not a good movie right. and the Deadpool, the less said about it, the better. Mm -hmm. Right. Get out so, yeah. Yeah. So, so, but you know, Andy Robinson is so great and dirty Harry, you know, I kind of was thinking I want to go there. Then I'm kind of thinking, wow, you know, how can we not represent him with a Western? I mean, he, you know, in a way sort of defined uh, the postmodern Western with Sergio, the Sergio Leone picks. Now, of course we had picked good, the bad, and the ugly. We had picked, um, fistful of dollars. No, do we pick a few dollars more, or do we, we pick, pick a few dollars more? More. Oh, okay. that was my favorite of the three. Fistful, yeah. yeah. Fistful because you like good. fistful you of like monkey. Fistful of monkeys. You like you like watches. You're you're a man who likes watches. So, um, okay. So so then you know would it be High Plains Drifter, which is interesting because it's his American version of a Leone Western. Right, right. He, he makes that in America. Add extra points because the luminous Mariana Hill is in it That's from Dagger right. uh, in Line. It's kind of so, an American version of a Leone film by way of a Fellini film. It's uh, 
it's pretty bananas. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Look, it's pretty bananas. And I kind of really dig High Plains Drifter. But because I'm so outraged and so I'm just throwing caution to the wind, I find this whole week a, 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 a disaster. I'm going to pick, I'm going to go outside the box too. Oh. And, and I'm going to pick a directorial uh, effort uh, that, that you would not necessarily associate with uh, Clint Eastwood, but I'm going to pick it because it has a very memorable line and one of the great character names. Now, where everything's based on character names on this show, I'm going to pick the star which starred Clint Eastwood as Mitchell Gant. The line, think in Russian. The movie, <laughs> Firefox. <laughs> yeah! Woo! Wow. I'm so excited that you There you go. The plane, Firefox, the most devastating killing machine ever built. The weapon system is one of the most advanced ever conceived with a thought-guided, thought-controlled arsenal on board the plane. If the Soviets can mass-produce it, it will change the structure of our world. The man, Mitchell Gant, the most daring U.S. fighter pilot ever to fly a plane. So I don't one of you think I have a chance in the world of pulling this off, is it? Don't say anything. Just light a damn plane. I'm a dagger. Ah! Mitchell Gant. The mission, steal Firefox. Gant, can you fly that plane? Yeah, I can fly it. I'm the best there is. Great mother of God, he's up! I'm speaking to the individual who has stolen the property of the USSR. We're getting the royal treatment. You will not, of course, make it to wherever you are going. Let's see what this baby can do. Captain, he's coming straight in. I don't know what it is, but I'm a sitting duck. done it we have brought down the american well that's it we might as well all go home we don't know the hell we don't know they got him aubrey i don't know that could mean they didn't get him that could mean they didn't get him that could mean they didn't get him clint eastwood in one of the most incredible undercover operations in history firefox let me tell you sir a, a movie, a Clint Eastwood movie that spawned a video game. That's right. It, indeed, right. indeed, it did, and and it was a video game. But what people forget, because they were all renting the Warner Home Video to watch the last twenty minutes, where John Dykstra did the Death Star trench scene with a, no. a, a, a Soviet MIG that can uh, listen to your mind and and as stealth. Um, you forget that the first like three hours of that movie right. or whatever it feels like. Is a really good espionage thriller yeah. where yeah. where uh, Clint Eastwood Mitchell Gant has to go undercover uh, to infiltrate the Soviet Union because he's the only man who could fly the Firefox back to America uh, from its secret base in uh, in in the Soviet Union. And the espionage story is actually surprisingly good. It's based on a book. And and then you know when you were eight years old, the the, the Firefox stuff was really good. Yeah, now it's kind of dopey, but uh, 
But, you know, Dopey is, is apparently the middle name of this week. So I'm going to go with Firefox, directed by Clint Eastwood, and, um, and, and starring Clint Eastwood as Mitchell Gant. <laughs> I really dig Firefox. But for, and both of the things that you're talking about, I I I dig the espionage thriller that's that's in there, and I and I dig that it's kind of about this. It's I mean, if you think about the time that it was made, I mean, Mitchell Gann is like he's suffering from PTSD, like from Vietnam, Vietnam yep. flashbacks, mm-hmm. like all this stuff, um, and it doesn't really shy away from that. It's not leaning into being like you know what it would be if you made it today, right? What are the action beats as he breaks into the base and he steals the. And that's cool. And I also, man, like I tried to uh, to kit bash the Firefox out of um, out of model airplane kit and easy. build that. Not yeah. easy, but it was so fun to try and do it. I mean, it was like one of my friends had like a had a camera, and we like tried to shoot it and figure it out. So like that had a big impact on me. But you can't um, you can't film it in stealth. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The camera just wouldn't pick it up. So weird. But uh, but no, I I think that's a great pick. But it did inspire an internet browser. So it did. <laughs> that's right. It reads your mind and it flies like this. Yes. Think in Russian. I, but I, now I remember the video game as being uh, kind of revolutionary because didn't it use uh, it used film footage? footage? Yeah. yeah. And the and the 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 computer generated uh, plane was above that. And you would yeah. control that and uh, try and uh, match it up to the footage. It was really well done. It was a good game. Yeah. Yeah. It, That's it, what it, I remember it, most. I thought the plane, well, I agree with Ashley, the plane was super cool looking. I really like that plane. And I like the video game. And the, the movie, I remember, I think I saw it twice. When and it there came was out. That, that scene on the, this is the strangest thing to remember, except that the uh, there's a scene on the freaking escalator. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Those, those escalators are just, hugely tall and i think the reason it stuck with me is that i actually was on that escalator um a couple of years later when i was on this tour of the soviet union all i could think about was firefox firefox <laughs> firefox but but uh, they didn't film in the soviet union yes so it probably i know <laughs> but it was actually a pretty realistic depiction of, of uh, yeah. what that is like um well, it, it's so great because he's not superhuman in that movie right. like he's really you know obviously he's suffering from the anxiety of PTSD, but then even when he's there, you know, and and they murder the guy that he's impersonating, he's like freaking out. And and then when he has, you know, the basically they try and close down the subway station and 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 they're hunting for him and he accidentally murders the rush. He he's he's terrified. Yeah. You know, he doesn't know what to do, but you know, he keeps moving forward. And uh, you know, there's a lot of real genuine suspense that he minds, and it's actually very well directed. Uh, the movie. And I think, you know, it's a great, a little unappreciated Cold War thriller, but then, you know, sort of becomes Star Wars, you know, in, uh, in uh, uh, you know, on the North Pole. But, uh, but, but it's really, um, you know, it's, it's really fun and underappreciated and, uh, and he's really good in it. And it has a main title uh, character named Mitchell Gant. Mitchell so Gant. You, oh, and, and you, you kind of breezed over it but that uh, the conceit of the the helmet that can sort of read your mind impulses when you're but you have to think in in russian in order for it to understand you is a pretty great cool. trick yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. yeah 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 no that's really cool and then also it's amazing how much the firefox actually looks 
like what would be eventually uh, a revealed as a fighter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. As a stealth fighter. I mean, it's really, really cool. I mean, it's a great design. Maybe it should be in Starship Smackdown one day. Right? <laughs> Not a Starship Mark. Okay. But maybe the Starship Captain, maybe it'll be stolen by Mitchell Gant. Captain. Star Trek Mitchell Gant. Was he a captain? Please, God, <laughs> tell me he was a captain. <laughs> I, I hope so, because he, maybe he can be in Starship Smackdown one day. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking Klingon. <laughs> he's, he's here to steal your ride. <laughs> Stealing the Enterprise. <laughs> Wait, were they going with the ship? We were going to steal it. No, that's Mitchell Dant. Um, <laughs> um, so... Anyway, my pick for Thursday, uh, um, because I've apparently gone completely insane, thanks to Ashley, is uh, Firefox, which brings yeah. us to Friday. Right. And uh, we got a, we got a really difficult job ahead of us, don't we, boys? <laughs> oh, boy. We do. I mean, first of do all... Do we just say bag it and go for another goofy one, or do we try to bring it back no, around and redeem ourselves? we got to bring it there. We got to redeem ourselves. It got to be like Mystic. Uh, what is Mystic Pizza? Pizza? Mystic. <laughs> <laughs> Mystic. It got to be a movie that has nothing to do with the Eastwood. What's this? It got to be like Mystic Ourselves crap. Yeah, that's Mystic right. River. It got to be like Mystic Even River. Even I was fine. Or, 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 <laughs> I was Wednesday. It's my job. Freeze <laughs> you. Know. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to nominate Back to the Future 3, in which Marty McFly plays Clint Eastwood. That's in the right. old west. That's not an insane pick. <laughs> Steve, you know what I thought? Steve, you know what I thought your pick for Monday was going to be? Yeah, what? White Hunter Blackheart. It well, you know what? That was that was going to be my pick. I hadn't seen it in now my damn phone is ringing. I hadn't seen it in It's uh, John Houston, he's pissed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steve. It's a it's a a survey or something. Good um, but uh, uh, you know, I, I really liked uh, White Hunter Blackheart. I think I talked about it on the show uh, during Bogart Week, and uh, I hadn't seen it in such a long time, and I really wanted to watch it again before I solidified it as my pick. And it, it's not an easy film to, to find. So uh, I, I wasn't able to watch it, so I, I, I watched Perfect World instead. Um, but Not an easy film to see, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it is a terrific. I, I remember it being a terrific movie. I, I really liked it. He both stars in and, and directs. Uh, this sort of a sort of a uh, kind of a, a based a, on a loose uh, based on the the filming of uh, John Huston filming. Right. Uh, based filming on the things that John Huston could remember while filming. Yeah. <laughs> well, cl clearly, a Friday is going to be Space Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. Given the way this is going, but no, I, well, no I we should say, just call this week Maurice. I uh, sorry. I, I I would I would <laughs> I would I would argue I would argue that Friday should either be a western or a Dirty Harry movie. I think I kind of I, agree. I, I would say oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Darren. I I would vote for the first Dirty Harry movie. Yeah, I can I, totally iconic. get behind that. But I I do think I I actually totally agree with that pick. But I I do think that it bears a couple of things bear mentioning. Um, number one, I, my backup, because I thought there was an outside chance that Steve would lose his mind and nominate every which way but loose. So your backup was paint your wagon. I know. Yes, right. absolutely. It was, <laughs> no, it was Bronco <laughs> Billy. Yeah. Uh, no, the, uh, my backup was actually High Plains Drifter. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's not a movie that, you know, that the, the sort of the general audiences think about, they don't kind of quite realize it's in the Uber, but it's awesome. It's an awesome little revenge movie. And what's great about it is, 
it kind of takes all of the tropes of the man with no name story, right? And it kind of puts them in this little town that he renames Hell, and everybody kind of recognizes him, right? And as the movie proceeds, you realize that, you know, yeah, he's kind of there to protect the town and kind of deal with the guys who mess with the town. But by the same token, he is also slowly taking his revenge on everyone in it and why. And the implication of the film by the end of it is like that it's the goddamn sixth sense, right? That there's this supernatural aspect to it. Now, it never comes out and says, this is what's going on. But the implication is just, it's so clear and it's so awesome. It's just like a great ghost story and a great Western. Um, It's really well directed. He essentially tries to remake it in the late 80s as Pale Rider, which I don't think was nearly as, as good. But... Uh, and it was, Pell Rider was fine, but it wasn't anywhere in the, um, in the, it wasn't even in the same zip code as High Plains. It was low Plains. No, you, yeah. You, you, yeah. You, you've, you've redeemed yourself, Ashley, Thank because you. I completely agree with everything you said about High Plains Drifter. I think it is, it, it's such a great um, uh, pastiche of what he did in the Leone Westerns, but putting a whole new sheen on it. And, you know, it, he even plays what's known in the credits as The Stranger. Mm-hmm. You know, which is the equivalent of the man with no name. But it, it's weird. It's weird. It's supernatural and creepy and uh, beautifully uh, shot. Um, I forget who directed it, uh, who was DP, actually. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I, I I really love it. It's probably one of my, it's certainly my favorite American Western of his, other than Unforgiven. So. Um, renames the town hell. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, the, the other film I almost picked was one I think I might have talked about briefly before, uh, and that is Michael Cimino's Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, mm. in which Eastwood stars uh, with uh, Jeff Bridges, and, and it's a, basically a heist, a bank robbery heist movie. Uh, and it's a really, it's from the earlier mid-70s, a really, also I'd say kind of a Western, uh, kind of a, a modern uh, Western. Um, Not to be confused the, with Ten Speed and Brown Shoe. that's right uh, there's a great blu-ray available for thunderbolt and lightfoot also i thought uh flags of our fathers was um uh impressive Uh, and the fact that he shot the companion piece from the um japanese perspective which was um what was that Uh, memories of letters 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 yeah yeah so i mean that was a fairly impressive duopoly that he did with those two films um but uh, I, I I would definitely still lobby for I think probably Dirty Harry or or High Plains Drifter. It's like Outlaw Josie Wells to me isn't as good. Pale Rider is definitely not as good. Um, and I really don't like Hang 'Em High very much. Yeah, yeah well, Hang 'Em High was uh, I think it was uh, Ted Post who directed that. It was basically it was it just played a little bit like TV. Um, yep. And it was kind of an attempt to kind of do that that tone of the of the uh, of the spaghetti westerns in America, but it didn't quite it didn't not quite it didn't at all like have the the style or the energy of those films, which is what I think Clint kind of got to on his own. I think Outlaw because- Josie Wales is great, um, but you know, like you said, it's like I think uh, High Plains Drifter is a more interesting movie in that. Is Ted Post was a journeyman director. You know, like which Planet of the Apes movie did he do? He just, he there was not a lot of style. And I think what Eastwood did was he brought, you know, he look, he's no Sergio Leone in terms of his visual style, but he brought, a, a, you know, a vision to it. And Ted Post did not bring any kind of vision to hang him high. It was right. just very perfunctory. Very he just sort of shot movie. the movie. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, there's just so many. I mean, did we ever, did we say that we picked where Eagles dare? I feel like we did, but I mean, can I we get confirmation on that? I'll, I'll do, let me take a quick look here. Um, just a great little thriller wow. based on an uh, Alistair McLean novel. We, we did not, we have not selected where Eagles Dare. So we picked Kelly's Heroes. Kelly's Heroes. Yeah. But we did Kelly's not Heroes, pick where Eagles Also Heroes. Brian Hutton. Um, but where Eagles Dare is, is great, man. It's like, there's a, you know, there's, that the scene where like they they basically zip in and just I mean there's so many little things from that movie that uh, have just found their way into action film language that we just take for granted and it was the smorgasbord of things to pinch from. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I I think as much as Dirty Harry sort of made him this icon through the '70s and the way the '60s spaghetti westerns did, I think Where Eagles Dare is by far the best movie we're talking about. I mean, Where Eagles Dare is, is great. And Richard Burton and him are great together. And uh, it, it's a, a terrific World War II caper film. And, uh, you know, I would definitely say it should be in the running for Friday, for sure, if we didn't pick it before. And if Dirty Harry didn't exist. Right. Because, look, <laughs> how could we possibly... Look, I, I think we, we were... I mean, the math on this is not hard. Uh, because it's 100 episodes, five movies a week, give or take a couple that we repeated. But roughly, we can say that about 500 movies... And somehow we never picked freaking Dirty Harry. How the hell does that happen? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's like, did we pick five movies or did we pick six? You said it yourself. Uh, and the thing is, Dirty Harry's a really good movie. And, it's, and it is much smarter than people remember, I think. Right. Um, and that character is much more complex. I think we might have had a conversation about how great that hot dog scene is. Yeah. You know, when he walks out, right? Because... The man does not want to be in the middle of the violence. He's not hunting it down. He just wants to eat his goddamn hot dog. And these idiots are outside, and he's got to go do something about it. So he has to finish his hot dog. And in fact, walk I outside. think that was one of the taglines. I just want to eat my goddamn hot dog. Hot dog. <laughs> that would have been a great tagline. <laughs> just trying to eat my goddamn hot dog. But it's just—it's such a fantastic scene. Instead, um, I gotta take out my forty-four mag, the most powerful handgun in the world. the world. It could blow your head clean off. You can shoot through a school. Name that movie. <laughs> no, it shoots through schools. That's uh, yeah. that's from uh, Sledgehammer. Nope. No. <laughs> Is that from uh, Making uh, Gun? I can see it on the tip of your tongue, Darren. No. Damn it! I'll give you a hint. Give me a hint. Michael Keaton. Yes, uh, uh, Johnny Dangerously. <laughs> yes, Johnny Dangerously. <laughs> the eighty-eight Magnum. That's right. <laughs> It shoots through schools. <laughs> you freezing ice hole. Farging ice hole. You farging ice hole. I thought it was freezing ice hole. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Dirty Harry's great. It's a it's a classic. I think it's the it is the role other than the man with no name most associated with Clint Eastwood. Um, yep. It created an entire genre. Uh, it's it's hard for me. It's hard to argue with, even though there are so many Clint Eastwood movies that I love, and and clearly, even though I pick every which way a bit loose, I could probably spend the next couple of hours talking about Clint Eastwood. Movies. I really about- wanted to see. I really wanted to see a Dirty Harry movie with Dirty Harry versus Charles Bronson. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you know, it's an anti-buddy cop movie. It's like Billy Don Baker, right? It's like that's what you kind of want to see. Is that? Don't yeah. make and me Joe shoot Don you, Baker. Jeff Wish. <laughs> Stand aside, Dirty Harry. Go ahead, Death Blow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. So, so, 
What about the Dirty Harry movie that wasn't a Dirty Harry movie? Uh, Genevieve Bougeau in right. in in Tightrope. Right. Oh. Mm. Yeah. 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 It well, definitely wasn't sort of, a Dirty uh, Harry movie. We sort of blown right past uh, Eastwood's more recent uh, Oscar-winning, Oscar-nominated prestige movies sure. like uh, Mystic River, Million right. Dollar Baby, right. Grand Torino, Richard right. Jewell, right. and Sully. Uh, Sully. All solid movies. Um, yet, uh, you know, I enjoyed them, but they not particularly but memorable not, or fun. They're to not watch. iconic. Yeah. That's the yeah. difference. Yeah. Yeah, I have always wanted to do a mashup of uh, Million Dollar Baby and Every Which Way But Loose, (laughs) where Clint Eastwood plays a uh, a boxing trainer um, who refuses to teach an orangutan how to box. I'm not going to teach that orangutan (laughs) how to box. I mean, come on. How great would that be? You don't even need to shoot any more film. You could just make the trailer from what's out there. Well, with all the fisticuffs in that movie, maybe that's like the the behind the scenes, you know, making of Every Which Way But Loose. You do it from the the orangutan trainer's point of view. That's right. And Clint Eastwood, twist, twist. Clint Eastwood was the one who trained him. Damn right. Million Dollar Monkey. Come on, guys. Million Dollar Monkey. Oh, my God. Well, you know, Sully is my favorite Pixar movie. I'd like to take this moment to apologize to Mr. Eastwood. Oh, no, there's no apology. This is love. This is obviously love. You you can't have this conversation that we're having right now if you don't love. Look, it got to be Dirty Harry. Yeah. Well, let me mention one other movie that, uh, uh, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a very, probably completely forgotten Eastwood movie, but I always remember it because it was while he was making that movie that I actually met Clint Eastwood. Uh, he was shooting this film in the building that I was living in at the time when I was going to USC. Uh, I was living in an old hotel in downtown LA that the university bought and turned into student housing. And it had this huge, beautiful, beautiful uh, theater inside the, the hotel with a big stained glass dome ceiling and a beautiful stage. So Eastwood was there for a couple of days shooting Bird the Charlie Parker story. And uh, one, one evening I, I was waiting outside on the sidewalk for the shuttle tram to take me to campus. And, and Clint stepped outside to smoke a, c- a cigar uh, by himself. And we looked at each other and I said, hello. And he said, how are you doing? So like that was no. my, my brush with Eastwood. That's awesome. Yeah, and and Bird's a great, a great little movie. I mean, he, yeah. you know, Eastwood loves jazz. Yeah. And that was his love letter to jazz, you know? So uh, a good movie, probably wouldn't be my pick for Friday. Well, but, and, um, and I guess the, the other time I sort of met him, I was waiting in, in line to see Heartbreak Ridge at, on, at USC. It was screening as part of the 466 class, Charles Chaplin's yeah. Thursday night movie class. And I was a non-major, so I didn't get in. It was sold out. So they, they said if we waited around outside, they would let us stand in the back for the Q&A afterwards. So me and a couple of friends were standing outside the theater on this dark, misty night. And suddenly, out of the fog... Here's Clint Eastwood and Sandra Locke walking together. No security, uh, no escorts or anything. Well, they walk Clint right East up to the theater. Security. Yeah. No, <laughs> because he got a, a 44 Magnum, the most powerful <laughs> handgun in the world. <laughs> um, that's wild. It was a dark and stormy night. That's right. It was very, we were just standing up there for like an hour and a half waiting for the movie to end. And then just out of the mist, there, there he comes, Clint Eastwood. So wow. you're just going to all stand in the back. <laughs> you got some questions how you do it yeah it's really sad he's retiring he is a true movie star oh, we'll and see. a legend we'll see if he is 
He may yeah. just surprise us. That's right. Mm. That's right. That's right. He'll make another Dirty Harry. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, and he's also, you know, he, he had a, an office on the Warner Brothers lot for sure. decades. And it's, it's kind of a, a tour stop. You know, I just remember walking Malpaso. past him in El Paso and seeing yeah. his foot. Like, there's Cleveland's parking space. <laughs> it's, a bad, it's always bad. exciting to see on the tour. <laughs> you know, the, the thing people forget, because obviously now we think about the spaghetti westerns, but in the 70s, the Dirty Harry movies were huge, even more huge. so than the Leone yeah. films. You yeah. know, it, it, I, I think they haven't held up as well. So, and whereas the, the Leone movies are art, so they, they've sort of gone back up in people's estimation. But before the, the Dirty Harry movies, before the blockbusters happened, they were the biggest thing in the 70s in the movies. Absolutely. They were, they were huge event pictures. Yep. And in the video stores where I'm sure, you know, like where I used to work, I mean, those things you could now, I remember when Sudden Impact came out on home video, my mm -hmm. God, all of them were just like always rented. Like they could not, Sudden Impact was a cultural phenomenon because of course, Ronald Reagan famously quoted that make my day. Right. <laughs> um, and it was, so it'd be, it'd be, it was bigger than being a movie. Uh, it was like this, this, you know, hugely zeitgeist defining kind of, uh, a line. I mean, that was one of the most famous lines of all time. They were uh, bigger part of the culture. Deal. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Improve the prospects for my afternoon. And, and it's funny wow. because that movie, <laughs> that's not a very good movie, Sudden Impact, but everybody remembers oh. that scene. That's right. And, you know, and, and, and through the lens of today's viewer, uh, you know, I, I think those Dirty Harry movies would probably be even more what the kids call problematic, but at the time, yeah. Well, you know uh, what? I think kids are problematic. So yeah, me too. <laughs> the, but the, the they're amazingly entertaining, and you know, Andy Robinson is so great. I mean, I remember yeah, when I saw Hellraiser for the first time, and I was like, "Oh my God, it's Scorpio from Dirty Harry!" It's so good <laughs> to see him, you know. And then he was so brilliant as Garrick in Deep Space Nine. But you know, he was really typecast after that movie. Well, just because he looks like a freaking psycho, <laughs> no, but yeah. he is great. We saw him at Star Trek, uh, Star Trek Las Vegas, and we were trying to avoid him because it was like, there's Scorpio. Because without the prosthetics, and he doesn't look like Jared. he was in my hit Netflix series, Dota, Dragon's Blood. There it you go. It dropped on Netflix back in March with a second season coming up soon. My learning Be followed by, uh, by his uh, new TV series about a chimpanzee. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Million Dollar Monkey. Million Dollar, Coming to million dollar Monkey. <laughs> But Netflix passed. I don't believe it. Right? It's hard to believe, but they did. Hulu wondered it too badly. <laughs> you had us at right turn, Clyde. It's called Bobo Monkey's Blood. <laughs> okay. Well, I know we don't want the fourth season of the 430 movie to end, but I think we need to make a pick for Friday and wrap this thing up. So uh, can we come to some kind of consensus? So Steve Melching, what do you think? I think we got to make our listeners' day and go Darren? with Dirty Harry. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great movie. I love it. Ask I you feel agreement. lucky, punks. Okay, we, we, we have unanimity. Friday, it's Dirty Harry. This is about a movie about a couple of killers. Harry Callahan. And a homicidal maniac. The one with the badge is Harry. Oh! 
reasons they called him Dirty Harry. And he kept inventing new ones. Don't pass out on me yet. No, 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 no. That was a pretty good pinch you made yesterday. The chief was pleased. He was, huh? Yeah, he really was. He wanted me to tell you, well done. I can tell you how deeply moved I am. How do you like that? I pass along a compliment? You could at least be a little bit polite. It might not even kill you to say thanks. <laughs> Much rather say thanks to a raise. Hey, Harry, check communications, something from Chicago. A gun nut. I'm putting somebody with you. Well, you know what happens to the guys that I've worked with. Dietrich's still in the hospital with a bullet in his gut, and Fanducci's dead. Now, you're working with Gonzalez, or you're not working. Now, that's straight from the fifth floor. You got it? I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I've kind of lost track myself. But being this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off, you've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Doesn't it drive your wife crazy? Nope. Maybe she got used to it. No, she never did, really. Well, what then? She's dead. Oh, please forgive me. She was driving home late one night and a drunk crossed the center line. There's no reason for it, really. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Look, I want you to tell Chico that I understand you know, him quitting. I think he's right. This is no life for you two. Why do you stay in it, then? I don't know. I really don't. Send Inspector Callahan in. Mr. Mayor, Inspector Callahan. All right. Let's have it. Have what? Your report. What have you been doing? Oh, well, for the past three quarters of an hour, I've been sitting on my ass in your outer office, waiting on you. Damn it all, Harry. That's the mayor you're talking to. Clint Eastwood. Detective Harry Callahan. You don't assign him. Stop! To murder cases. You just turn him loose. That's quite a week, gentlemen. It's a quite a week. week. So it's a highly uh, entertaining week. We, we'll go Steve. through a lot this week. There's highs, there's lows, there's ins, there's outs. There's it's high really planes. There's low comedy. <laughs> so coming this week on the 430 movie, Steve, Monday. Monday is Clint Eastwood and Kevin Costner in A Perfect World. Tuesday, Darren Doctorman. The radio's not your friend. Play Misty for me. Wednesday, Ashley Edward Miller and friend. Clint Eastwood and a freaking orangutan star in Every Which Way But Loose. Thursday, we're all thinking in Russian. Firefox. And Friday, we're feeling lucky as we program Dirty Harry to end our fourth season. But fear not, your favorite and least favorite 430 movie hosts <laughs> will all be back next season for season five starting this October for right with all new remakes. <laughs> 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 so uh, I want to encourage you to listen to the Cartoon Bar Room uh, over the next couple of weeks while we're off the air. Steve and Ashley will have a lot to say about animation, including my favorite Monsters, Inc. movie, Solly. And, uh, <laughs> so and then, of course... 
That's where you do robot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Darren, as I as always, can be found hanging out at the Inglorious Trexperts, where we're talking Trek. And for those of you who missed the memo, we have a second Star Trek podcast called Trexperts Briefing Room, which we curate audio commentaries of significant Star Trek episodes. That's not part of Inglorious Trexperts. It's an entirely different podcast. All together. Podcasts. In, in, not the same show. Not the same show. Not two shows. Same. Two. No, two. And noodles. Two. Exactly. And of course, check out on the Electric Now app, the all new Leverage After Show, where um, you can see the stars of the new hit series, Leverage Redemption, talk about the latest episodes of Leverage on IMDb TV. And Electric Now is available wherever you get your apps. And of course, if you want to let other people know how great the 430 movie is, please rate us five stars at your favorite podcast provider. Not and, four. Uh, we're done with four. We're done with four. We're moving on to five, baby. Five. So uh, we would appreciate any uh, anything you do. And we want to thank our audience. Uh, we've had a great year in terms of audience growth. Show's always done well, but it's it's it every... It, it, we've been grown by leaps and bounds. I don't know what we did, but somehow people seem to have really... Uh, 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 Found the show and are they heard there it. would be monkeys. That's what happened. <laughs> they heard there would be a barrel full of monkeys. That's, That's right. right. I think it was that monkey business week that really turned people around. They said, What's this Citizen Kane shit? We want monkeys. <laughs> it's Citizen Kane with a monkey. Yeah. It's huh? like Lance Link, only different. Yeah. How do we move from Muppets to monkeys? Easily. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know but I'm I excited for Muppet Week. But we got to start preparing for our fifth season. We want to wish Steve Melching safe travels and healthy uh, to the Telluride Film Festival. We'll be back with a special bonus episode when he returns to talk about uh, all the great films he saw in Telluride. And uh, until then, on behalf of Steve, Darren, Ashley, and myself, Mark Altman, Eyewitness News starts now. This show was produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.